Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. The views and opinions of this show are directly those of the hosts and its guests. It does not reflect the opinions of its affiliates or its sponsors. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens... When a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view, <laughs> something epic. This is Paratroop Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And tonight we've got another great show for you. We are bringing on Chris Cogswell from the podcast, uh, the Mad Scientist podcast, who is also part of KillerPodcast.com. The Mad Mad Scientist podcast is a show about the science philosophy, and a history of paranormal, pseudoscientific, and otherwise weird claims. Hosted by Christopher Cogswell and Marie Mayhew, the show delves deep into serious and funny topics within depth while researched episodes, well-researched episodes on a variety of topics and in interviews with leaders in the world of science and the weird. And without further ado, we're going to go to the line with Chris Cogswell. Chris Cogswell, welcome to Paratruth Radio. Thank you so much for having me. How are you guys doing? Doing awesome. great. So you are a part of the network that we are on, killerpodcast.com, uh, with your podcast, The Mad Scientist Podcast. So um, I wanted to give you a chance to tell everybody a little bit about where you come from, uh, how you came up with The Mad Scientist Podcast, why is it called the Mad Scientist Podcast? Sure. So I guess that all kind of is, uh, I guess that's all sort of linked up together into one mega answer. So that's good. So I I got interested in sort of the, well, the show started really when I was in graduate school. So I was getting a PhD in chemical engineering and sort of, really missed the sort of philosophy stuff that I was, that I had been able to do as an undergrad. So when I was an undergrad, I double kind of majored in philosophy and chemical engineering. And the philosophy stuff that I really liked was always around uh, sort of the interplay between technology and society. And so the way that, you know, the way that sometimes technologies or scientific ideas get accepted by cultures or societies really easily, but in other cases, they really don't and people fight back against them really hard. So the example I always give, which is just sort of like a weird one that always kind of stuck with me was my grandma, who was this, you know, at that time, like 90 year old woman from Croatia who had moved to Italy during World War II and like, you know, had never knew anything about chemistry her entire life, had really, really strong opinions about whether or not carbon dioxide could change the temperature of surrounding gases 
when infrared light was shined through it, right? My grandma really cared about that, had a really strong <laughs> opinion on it. And it always struck me as kind of weird because it's like, you know, I don't have any opinions on like old lady stuff. So why do you have <laughs> opinions on the kind of science stuff that I, you know, that I work on? And, you know, it was always sort of a weird, um, it always struck me as kind of weird that people could have really strong opinions on something that otherwise they would find to be really boring and and had just have no have no basis for an opinion on you know and i mean i have those too right i mean i'm sure i have really strong um you know i don't know i have really strong opinions on like music and stuff and i'm not a music producer i don't know any of that stuff right but people right. we gain these opinions and science is a really weird case where those opinions and our views on them sort of change based on this, the kind of culture we live in and the societies we live in and everything else. So to me, that was really interesting. And so the offshoot of that same kind of question is, well, what about cases where people believe in stuff that seems to just be completely like mythology or folklore, mm-hmm. right? And so that's another sort of example of the same phenomena and it was, again, something I've always been interested in, like, my entire life, you know, ghost stories and UFO stuff and Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster and all that good stuff, right? So, for me, it kind of was everything coming together, and I decided to start this podcast because, you know, I always was interested in this subject and these topics and everything else, and there's really cool science and really cool philosophy behind a lot of the ideas that are out there in sort of, I guess, the paranormal UFO uh, 40 in general world. So, you know, I thought that a podcast would be a good way to both teach people this philosophy and science that I really loved and the stuff I really like talking about, while at the same time allowing me to sort of have its time and space to investigate these cool stories and subcultures and everything else that I really liked as a kid. Sure, sure. And now, I mean, in our experience, uh, over the last 10 years, at least, people are always using science to try to disprove the paranormal. Uh, Mm -hmm. So in your own research and doing the show, I mean, do you find that science does often disprove or push down the idea of the paranormal? Or do you find that the two kind of marry? So science thinks what they're doing is disproving the paranormal, but all they're doing is making the paranormal stronger. You know, the the paranormal community, it's interesting. Humans have this weird thing where we think that the viewpoint we have has to be true about everything we encounter. And so if you are taught that science is the way to understand the world, that has to be the way that the entire world operates. Science has to be able to account for all of it. And that's just not true. That's not how we operate all the time. And it's not what science says it should be, right? It's not, it's not how science thinks it should go either, really, if you're doing science correctly. Science is sort of a way of, of understanding the world and testing the world. But science is not supposed to be this sort of dogmatic uh, worldview that, you know, you have to go out there and fight the non-believers in science and whatever. That's sort of the opposite of what science is supposed to be. So... When people say like science is just, you know, when someone says like, oh, I've debunked a paranormal claim or something, or they go out there and try to debunk it, what they might, they might alter or, or change 
that individual claim. But what they actually end up doing in the long run is just adding a layer to the claim itself. You know, a good, a really good example of this is a really good example of this is the story of Bob Lazar. So I don't know how how into UFOs you and you guys are, mm-hmm. right? but I'm I'm super into them. I think that whole all of it is really fascinating to me. And Bob Lazar is this figure who came out in like the 90s and said that he had worked on at Area 51, that he had seen UFO craft being reverse engineered, and we had this magic element 115 that um you know would help us levitate craft and whatever. And then Bob Lazar, his background was completely picked apart and and sort of stripped away from him by another really famous UFO guy, Stanton Friedman, who came out and said, you know, Bob Lazar is a complete fraud. And all that a lot of the times in these worlds don't don't understand, or I guess in the sciences don't seem to understand is paranormal belief is it's non it's not scientific. It's not a scientific belief. And so it doesn't abide by the rules of science. And so if you're trying to attack a, it would be like trying to play a PlayStation game on an Xbox, right? They don't work. It's not how it, it's, you know, they kind of look the same and maybe they sort of play the same and whatever, but they're not the same. They're incompatible. And so in my mind, science and the paranormal are incompatible and uh, they link together through culture. But, you know, in terms of like a scientific understanding of the paranormal, like we can do that, but you know, I mean, it, it always, it just always makes the paranormal worse and science worse. It doesn't make either one better, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And something that Eric and I have talked about on our show multiple times uh, is of how religion and science used to be married at one point. And because of the Catholic Church, it was separated um, when really both sides are just trying to. Re- find out the same thing. Where do we come from? How did it happen? And what can we do to help ourselves? You know, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's the other sort of funny thing or the interesting thing is people get, there's this idea called the, um, well, it's sort of the is ought problem. And so in, in philosophy, we talk about it a lot where it's, it's, it's this idea that the way, because something is a certain way, it ought to be that way forever. And in our current, in our current system, our current society, we like to think of science as the sort of be all end all way of understanding the world around us. But like you said, science has only been that litmus test for reality for like a hundred years, maybe, you know? And so there's a lot of other ways of thinking about the world. And so to, to act or pretend like society would just, you know, and I count myself amongst this, the scientific group here that I'm talking about, but to think to, for science to think that the public would just trust them because they were wearing lab coats, you know, it's very, uh, it's, it's a, it shows a huge lack of humility and also just a huge lack of understanding of human people. I mean, you know, um, no one wants to listen to nerds, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but really, it's this sort of weird, it's just a weird thing, you know? I mean, we get on the show a lot 
so we're, you know, we're called the mad scientist podcast because we sort of, so it's me and my co-host Marie and Marie is not scientifically trained, but also fairly skeptical about these sort of claims and everything else. But Marie is more trained sort of in like art history and kind of more cultural things. Mm -hmm. And so we try to look at these subjects or these stories from all those different lenses to look for both the truth behind them, if there is any truth behind them, but also to talk about really these kind of philosophical, more deeper questions. Um, and also to tell like the occasional, you know, fart joke. So we're kind of like a comedy weird podcast thing, but the, again, the, this idea of, of society just sort of having to, just because science shows that something is a certain way that society will change because of the truth. Like the truth is not as, um, the truth is not as compelling as compelling a motivator as people think it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, your guys' podcast sounds very similar to ours in the respect that uh, 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 Forgotten Truth Radio and my old show Parasite Radio and it became Paratruth Radio, and we were coming at it from two different perspectives. Eric was uh, more of a uh, religious based view on the paranormal where I was more um, I'd say mainstream view on the paranormal um, mm. but over the years I think Eric and I's opinions have changed slightly not not to the point that we're going the extreme opposite of what we were before but I know Eric's mind has changed a little bit about different things my mind has changed a little bit about different things so and he brings a lot of, of the science based stuff to the to the show too and it it's funny because he was originally coming from a religious standpoint on it and then he's adding the science in there and it's like he's basically doing what society was doing a long time ago and marrying the two together um but that's why we created the show too was because we were just trying to talk and debate about things that nobody really has an answer for yeah, that and that's the that's the part of it that I think is so interesting about these subjects is the, ultimately we're we're asking questions that people have been asking forever, right? Stuff you know, um, we do we we talk about this almost nonstop on the podcast. It feels like we we mention this every single episode. It feels like so. Rene Descartes, um, you know the famous like I think, therefore I am, right? right? So that is such a common thing that that thought experiment comes up constantly in the world of the paranormal, right? That, you know, well, if I'm measuring a ghost using a EMF detector that, well, maybe the ghost is just uh, hiding themselves from my detector. Maybe they're making my detector go wrong or go wonky or whatever. That's like, you know, besides there being an EMF detector, that's exactly what Descartes was arguing and thinking about um, when he wrote his uh, first meditations or his meditations on first philosophy, you know, so these, these topics have a really, really long storied history of them, you know, cause I'm, I'm someone who's skeptical. I, I don't know if there's reality to any of the, the stories people report or anything else. Uh, but at the same time that people tell the stories and that the stories exist and that there are commonalities behind, between them and everything else, that is very interesting. And I think worthy of discussion and worthy to look for. I mean, you know, there's just ignoring 
a whole part of the population who believe in ghosts or believe in UFOs or Bigfoot or whatever, just ignoring that population and sort of letting them, you know, like, oh, they're just, they're just dumb. They don't believe this. They don't believe in science and whatever. That's stupid and harmful and not, you know, it's just a jerk thing to do, but it's also bad for society. It's bad for science. It's bad for community. You know, so we, it's, it's not hard to have a talk with somebody and discuss things and understand their viewpoint without being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And with that, you know, you don't, you don't always have to be like, you don't always have to be attacking somebody. I mean, the agree to the disagree, cool thing, basically. Exactly. You know and I mean? The cool thing about the cool thing about science. And I think the, the cool thing about any viewpoint you have or any belief structure is, your belief structure should be strong enough to withstand criticism, right? It should be able to withstand those things. So discussion is only going to heighten your, uh, the worst thing that discussion can do is make you change your mind. And that's not, that's not a bad thing necessarily. It's not a bad thing, but people have so much pride in their own opinions that they're afraid they're going to have their mind changed and they don't (laughs) want that, you know? Oh yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I've yeah. been there. You know, when I was younger, starting the, uh, the our show back in 2008. You know, I was there. I didn't want people changing my mind, uh, but it happened over time. Uh, and that's one thing that I did with Forgotten Truth Radio was getting involved with a lot of uh, Wiccan practitioners, uh, pagans, uh, Satanists, talking one on one with them. And you know, it was really cool because they're the type who are like, "Oh, they're you know, Christians are always against me. We're evil. We're this. We're that." But I was someone who's able to listen and have a good conversation. And by the time my show ended, I was getting emails and messages saying, Hey, thank you for being uh, so open and listening and sharing your thoughts and not cutting us down. It's like, that's, that's the way it should be. That's the way these shows should be. Um, And I think, you know, what's really cool is at least when we first started back in 2008, 2009, the paranormal for us was still very young. Uh, overall for, for, for the majority of the world. Uh, people were just kind of getting into it. We had ghost hunters just starting up. Uh, so it wasn't this big thing yet, mm-hmm. but there were so many people uh, who had questions and they were being turned down by scientists and by churches. You know, I've had questions. We talk about demonology a lot on our show. Uh, I've had questions for the church and they say, oh, don't worry about demonology. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Only focus on God. And that's the type of thing that these people would come to us and they'd listen and be like, hey, you're answering questions that we have. And this is really cool because everyone outside of this paranormal community and our podcast won't do that. Um, so, you know, I think that was, that was also always like a cool thing for us to kind of have that and still have that to this day. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you uh, was in regard to finding the truth. And I think you kind of answered it a little bit when you guys are trying to figure out what the truth is, do you simply base it on, uh, historic, what is considered historical fact, or do you find commonalities between stories and you figure, oh, this story, that story, and this story are all common. That must be the truth. Like, how do you go about deciding what is maybe fact or what isn't? We, yeah, it's a really good question. We try to leave things. Well, okay. And first off, by the way, demonology is like my favorite topic as well. Awesome. Super interesting <laughs> and fascinating. Um, yeah, my my bookshelf looks like I'm a 18th century witch um it's ridiculous uh you know i people yeah it's, anyways the we try to we try to give the verifiable facts 
that we can to our to our episodes and to our topics that we look at. We don't on our show, we don't really look at individual, we, we sometimes will do episodes on individual cases, but we try to do things more of a, in a holistic way. So looking at things sort of from like a cultural perspective or a cultural phenomena perspective. So for example, when we did episodes on, we did a, we did an episode on sort of in, uh, on the hierarchy of sort of uh, non-God deity entities. So things like angels and demons. And, you know, so we, we, we went through that looking at it on the lens of sort of, you know, Christian mysticism and talking about these different ideas around this and everything else. But then also sort of branched it out into, you know, um, this also, though, links up to other sorts of religious viewpoints, right? So, you know, when you talk about things like, you know, the choirs of angels or the different groupings of them and sort of that that layering of, of heaven and hell that we, we sort of get from Dante's and, you know, Dante Alighieri, mm-hmm. it also comes down to that's also an idea that's kind of somewhat common in Jewish mysticism and also in other sorts of polytheistic religions that uh, we don't often think of as being having a lot to do with Christianity or, or whatever, but they're part of that evolution of religion. So anyways, super, super tangent there, but essentially we try to, we try to give the facts as they exist. And then we give the information from our perspective, but we try to, there are some stories that simply don't have an answer. You know, mm-hmm. so we, we had an episode where a person who believes that they have been abducted by aliens came on and gave a story. And, you know, there, what, what we don't have an answer for that, right? Was that guy abducted by aliens or not? Well, we don't know. We weren't there in his room, you know? Right. We can say that, like, you know, science is this, you know, science is just the most effective method of understanding the world around us that we, we have so far. But it won't be the last one. And, you know, to think that it's the last one is sort of, I think, a very, um, it, it sort of takes a view of history as like history gets, over history, we get more and more perfect. We're getting towards truth in some way. And that kind of presupposes that truth can exist in these sorts of stories. And I'm not really sure that it can necessarily all the time, because sometimes these are subjective things that people experience. Um, so that's a really long way of answering your question and saying, uh, we try, we try our best not to give answers to our listeners, but at the same time, there are some things that are just sort of like, you know, okay, look from, you know, we did an episode on, we did a series on time travel and from the perspectives of science, time travel is not possible, right? There's like no way that it'll work. And we gave all the reasons science says it's, it won't work. But then we also do episodes where it's like, you know, hey, science is really bad at explaining this thing, right? So it's just a matter, I guess, of how you look at the subject. Are you looking at it from the perspective of like folklore or are you looking at it from the perspective of reality or criminology or something? You know, I don't know. It's we honestly, it sounds kind of weird, but we try not to get. We try to look at this from. I guess the skeptic, we, we tend to look at these things from a skeptical standpoint, I guess is what I'll say. But really, I hope that people listening to the show are able to make their own, um, are able to make their own conclusions. You know, we have people listening to the show that don't agree with us. Um, people who, you know, hunt ghosts for a living or, or um, hold seances or look for UFOs or whatever. So, 
you know, we try to, we try to be, um, we try to just make people think about these, these topics. Sure. I think that's yeah, really I mean, all we can do ultimately. Right. Is just get people thinking and figure out where that goes. <laughs> I mean, that's how we got yeah. here. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, there's, there's this idea in, um, there's this idea in sort of philosophy, I guess, that I really like on criticism and kind of critique generally. And so that's really, we look at things from a pretty critical lens, I'd say generally, you know, we try to look at things from different angles and point out the flaws in logic and reasoning and everything else. But at the same time, someone else looking at something might come away or might think that our critique is wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, like truth is a pretty truth. (laughs) Truth is a slippery thing. you know. (laughs) It's, It's hard to say what the truth is. So has there ever been a guest that you've had on that has changed your mind or at least given you a perspective of maybe I'm not exactly accurate with my thinking? Oh yeah, all the time. We actually we had a really interesting so we have we have two examples of this that I guess I'll say generally. Um so first off, when I when we first started the show, I was super, super, super skeptical. It was really, really skeptical. And I think I've retained skepticism. I mean, you know, people on UFO people hate me because they, you know, I'm just this evil skeptic to them. Right. (laughs) But I think over time, my views have sort of softened in some areas where at the beginning of, at the beginning of me getting involved in all this stuff, I think I would have probably said that I had less faith in the reality, let's say of like, people saying that they were abducted by aliens or having sort of encounters with aliens versus someone witnessing an object in the sky above their car. Right. So like sort of a more, the more physical, you know, I I always sort of, I guess, thought that the, the idea of someone seeing a light in the sky was more feasible to me than someone saying that they had this experience. And so I, I guess what I'll say is that I fell or kind of thought similar to the sort of, you know, when you're a kid and you watch these shows on skepticism or UFOs or whatever, you just assume like these people are lying, right? You know, they're making it up for attention or whatever. And just in talking to people who have had these experiences and friends now who have had them and, and everything else, I think I'm, uh, you know, I definitely have softened that position a whole lot. I mean, I don't know if they actually, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know or think that they were abducted by an alien or something out of their bed. Right. But something happened to them that is really traumatic and really, um, you know, whatever it was, was real to them. And that, I think that opinion of it has definitely changed. My opinion on that area has definitely changed at the same time. It's funny. We had someone come on who, we do episodes on, um, I swear all I'm talking about are aliens in this thing. Uh, we had someone come on and do an episode with us on um, on exobiology. And he's actually a biologist for SETI um, or an astrobiologist, okay. I guess. And so his, um, you know, when he came on, a lot of the times the skeptical argument against, say, like reports of UFOs or beings or whatever is, well, why are they hominids? Why do they have two legs and two arms and they always have eyes? And, you know, couldn't aliens be like a giant slug or, you know, a blob of something or whatever? And and he basically was like, no, that's really dumb. Like, that's dumb logic. Like evolutionarily, 
it would make sense for them to breathe air and for them to have eyes and for them to, and he was giving like, just really, again, sort of like a, a moment where you get hit in the face with, with a thing you thought was totally wrong. Right. You're mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, you know, like this, I, I'm making the pseudoscientific argument. Oh my what happened here? <laughs> you know, uh, it suddenly happened. So that definitely, definitely we've had people come on and change our minds and, you know, uh, over over the over the years, my co-host Marie and I have definitely, I think, stuff that we thought before was ridiculous, we now have more questions about. And I think just generally, if you if you get involved in this subject and you don't come away from it having being being more open to the idea that the world is a lot weirder than you thought it was then you're just, I, I don't think you're listening. I don't think you're really open to the experience of talking to these people. Right. Um, yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah. And I think like in our, in our experience, I mean, same thing. I know when we first started doing the show, we were just, everything was real. Everything about the paranormal was real. Mm. And the further, lo- further along we got, the more skeptical we became when we started hearing everyone's stories and this and that. But <clears throat> when it comes to things like aliens, for example, <clears throat> hearing so many stories that are similar uh, about these abductions and stuff. You have to start to question it because then it's like, there's only one of two possibilities here. Either A, all these people we've spoken to over the last 14 years are crazy or B, there's something to it. And statistically, I don't know if there can be that many people that are crazy telling the same story. So there has to be more to it. But then again, you know, it's kind of weird because some of us, uh, I think like people will watch stuff on television or read things. They don't really process it, but subconsciously it's there. And then they have dreams and those dreams become, they kind of manifest as reality to them to themselves. You yeah. Know? I was going to say like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm in my like early thirties and I distinctly remember there being a movie where Shaq plays a genie who like mm-hmm. plays basketball and answers questions for this kid and whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And that movie doesn't exist, but loads of people on the internet also think that that movie was out there. We all remember that movie. Yep. How did that happen? Right. And right. it's exactly what you're saying, right? It's that, it's that cultural kind of memory getting mixed up somehow, right? It's the Mandela effect. And so, you know, for me, I, I actually think that's one thing I definitely think is we need to like, we need to really under, uh, or we really need to change what our definition of crazy is. You know what I mean? Because being mistaken and having input come into your brain that doesn't get processed the re- you know the real way or whatever, um, just being mistaken happens to all of us all the time. Like optical illusions are a thing. Memories are easy to be changed. The Mandela effect happens all the time. There's, you know, your brain is really bad at um, at storing good information. We're terrible eyewitnesses to all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So the idea that a cultural thing could cause people to have a similar sort of mismemory of an event or whatever, that argument actually I've kind of come to view a bit more likely than I did when I started. But at the same time, there are areas of interest or there are areas of these stories where you do come away wondering or thinking of yourself. There's, po- there's no possible way someone it's, it's hard to fathom 
how that could be something people come up with, you know? Right. So, you know, one example of this is during the, um, I'm sure you've both watched the Mothman prophecies and read the mm-hmm. book maybe and everything else and whatever. So when Keel was investigating those stories, uh, a big part of it that it's not in the movie and, and you know, I guess cause the movie would just be way too weird and everything else at that point. Um, Keel was at the time investigating like a, a, a big flap of UFO sightings and abductions um, and not, well, not really abductions, but like encounters with aliens supposedly on earth. And a lot of the aliens had the same names. And so they were like giving the names to someone in Ohio and someone in California, and they both had the same name. And so when they talked to Keel, they said, oh, the alien I talked to is called, you know, Apple is one of those names, for example, A-P-O-L. Um, that's a li- that's weird. And we don't have a good scientific way to kind of really, we don't have a good science answer for how something like that could get kind of transmitted through um through social cues or whatever, you know, I mean, like, yeah, see, saying like, okay, well, someone puts a gray alien on the outer limits and then Betty and Barney Hill see a gray alien. Like that's a little bit different than saying, you know, I don't know. They all pick up the name Apple and then report the same event that happens to them. And then, you know, and then they report it to the same guys. It just seems very weird and coincidental. Right. <laughs> Well, it's funny that you bring up that we should really redefine what crazy means because um, something that that I've talked about several times is um, I, I don't know your opinion on psychic mediums, but how many people that are in the psych ward of a hospital were really just psychic mediums that their abilities awakened or even saw something and then thought they were crazy because nobody else has seen it ever in their life. Well, have you ever read, there's a book by, uh, it's a really, really long book. And honestly, it's really overhyped. I kind of think, but it's interesting. It's called, um, called society and madness or something by this philosopher, Michel Foucault. And he talks about how, you know, the like you're saying, the madmen of today, the people that we put in institutions were once the um, the shamans, right? Or the, the medicine men or these people that supposedly had a link to this collective unconscious or whatever. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. I mean, the there's just there's so much we don't really know about the brain and about the mind that, um you know, although I've never seen any evidence of real uh, psychic ability or anything else like that, right? I mean, I've just never, never seen it, looked for it. Um, you know, I mean, you see, uh, I don't know if either of you have ever watched anything by Darren Brown before. No, no not me. Anyway. So he's this amazing, uh, he calls himself a mentalist, uh, but he's this, like amazing magician. But all of his stuff is around the ability to use cold reading and also suggestion to get people to give you the answer you want them to, to make it seem like you're psychic. And so like one of the examples he does is he has this thing with Simon Pegg from, um, from Shaun of the dead. And he has him, he's sitting there in front of a box in front of a present. And um, 
he's making um he he's just talking to somebody saying at the end of this i'm going to be able to predict exactly what you want for christmas and they just kind of have a normal conversation it seems totally normal and everything else and then at the end of it he says to him so you want a red bmx bike and simon is like how did you possibly know that that's craziness it's insane like what is happening here and then he go and then he goes back through and he actually has a red bmx bike that he rolls out to him and he goes you know i made you want that by talking to you so you know he and then he goes back through the thing and he keeps mentioning things that are red and things that are exciting and things that are um, moving and then he starts mentioning like little the way he says words if you play it back it ends up him saying like bmx right or bike and so it just it just ends up in this very complex sort of layer of um of reading somebody and being able to get them to read you and giving these these social cues that we don't really see every day. Um, another example he actually gives is he does a he does a trick at a market with people who are married, and basically, like you can tell through nonverbal cues what fruit somebody is looking or thinking of just by the way they stand in front of like a fruit shop. Right, so like you got a table full of items, and you can tell which of the items they're thinking of because of the way that they're moving. Um, it's super fascinating. So anyways, that being said, I, you know, uh, it could be that that's the case, but it could also very equally be the case that, um, again, we have these sort of the, like, it's sort of a chicken or the egg question, right? Saying like, well, all these people who are psychic, who are claiming to see the same things, is that because they're seeing reality? Or on the other end, is it because, you know, everyone who has the flu have has basically the same symptoms? That's because they're ill with the same thing, right? So it it becomes a very hard thing to answer there. It's a, it is a very slippery thing again. Right. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, we are coming close to the end of the show. So we wanted to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find you, find the podcast. The mic's all yours. Yeah, uh, my show, like I said, the Mad Scientist Podcast. Check us out. Um, we're available on every single podcast app. Uh, every single podcast app you use, we are available <laughs> on. Um, and uh, and yeah, just check us out. We're on Twitter at Mad Scientist Pod, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all those different places. Our logo is easy to find. We're the one with the jack o' lanterns. So uh, yeah, come come check us out. Take a listen, please. I hope you, if you want to learn the science and history behind these weird topics, um, we're we're a lot of fun. So come check us out. All right, Chris. Well, uh, thank you for being on Paratruth Radio. Thank you guys for having me. All right, folks. That was Chris Cogswell, uh, one of the hosts of the Mad Scientist podcast. Make sure you check them out. Um, I've listened to a couple of their episodes, and they have a really gay, uh, great show, great dynamic. Um, and as Chris had mentioned, they're kind of similar to our show in some ways. So check that out. Uh, easiest way to uh, find them is at killerpodcasts.com, but as Chris said, you can find them pretty much anywhere. So we're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear Eric's random fact of the day, a quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Do you know what the first movie was to show a flushing toilet on screen? 
According to Parade.com and NPR.com, the first flushing toilet to ever be shown on screen was in the movie Psycho. Fortunately, the movie itself was a great success and avoided becoming one of Hollywood's flushable creations. This was Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. Hope you all are having a wonderful week, and I uh, hope your, uh, your, your festive season is going well so far. <clears throat> it's crazy to think we're already two weeks into this December, yeah. and it's, <laughs> uh, my goodness. I don't, I don't even have my Christmas tree up yet. That's yeah, we don't either. Still gotta... <laughs> I mean, heck, recording this moment, I have not been in this house for probably close to eight days, seven or eight days. So this is my sitting down here is the first time I've been home in over a week. It's crazy. Just so busy. (laughs) Well, and I mean, it's the time of the year. You've got a lot of stuff going on. You're now fighting a cold on top of that. <laughs> uh, I am trying to get to every, every time I go to speak. Like I feel that itch in the back where I just want to cough all yeah. over my mic. And I'm like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Hold it. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you guys uh, uh, check out the Mad Scientist podcast. I think it, mm-hmm. you, you guys will really like it. Um, mm-hmm. We've got so much stuff going on this month. We've got uh, our part two of down the rabbit hole uh, Christmas edition. Uh, we've got our new year's edition right after that. And then we're into 2022 as Eric said, it's crazy <laughs> how quick so time crazy. is flying. <laughs> it feels like it literally feels like it was just a couple of weeks ago that I was celebrating 2021 with all the gunshots <laughs> yeah. going off outside my window. You know, it's <laughs> here we are. Um, so something we announced last week, uh, we do have a new, uh, mascot and his name is count Jasper, the pear hair. Uh, we had a contest. Uh, I'm sure you guys are aware if you listen to the show, but, uh, Debbie Smith and Marcella black won, Um, and it was a mixture of the two names that they came up with. So we are getting Jasper up on our T public page so that you can buy product with his image on it. Um, just in time for the Christmas holiday or whatever holiday you celebrate. Yeah. Like payday. (laughs) That's a perfect time to buy something. (laughs) Um, so with Christmas coming up, Eric, and now I know your Christmas tree isn't up either. Um, 
do you get into the decorating as much as you used to as a kid? No, no, not as much. <laughs> I'd rather just <laughs> sit on my couch and drink. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I like to put the Christmas tree up uh, and then I have like a, like two spotlights, a red and a green spotlight that I put on the house, uh, which I mm. should have did back on Thanksgiving. So I would have normally did it, uh, but it just hasn't happened yet. And that's it. I don't, I don't want to go crazy. The problem is I don't mind putting stuff up. I hate taking it down. It's <laughs> always more difficult to take it down and not because yeah. like, I don't want it to come down, but just because I have to take it down. Like I don't want to bother with it. So yeah, two things. That's it. And you're what I would call a lazy decorator with the spotlights. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I, this house that I'm in, I used to be like just decked out with lights all around the house, around the tree. We have a huge tulip tree. So it would go all the way up the tulip tree. We'd have all these like Christmas trees and reindeer in the ground that would light up. You know, Now, yeah, just two spotlights. That's red and green. We're good. <laughs> Well, I'm even more lazy. I don't even do that anymore. So um, something that I want to start doing again, that's the reason I bring it up is I've kind of gotten out of that habit of decorating. And it's one of, one of my favorite things, especially for Halloween, is decorating mm -hmm. the outside of the house. So, um, well, I, did you have anything else you wanted to cover this episode? Uh, no. No, sir. Since you're ill, I figured yeah, we could I'd probably like, wrap like, it up quickly. <laughs> yeah, I'm like trying to hold back as much as I can. <laughs> it's starting to hurt. All right, folks. Well, uh, next week, like I said, we're going to be doing uh, Down the Rabbit Hole Christmas Edition Part 2. Um, after that, it's the New Year's episode, and we're into 2022. So uh, stay tuned to Paratruth Radio uh, the Mad Scientist Podcast, KillerPodcasts.com, and Evergreen Podcasts. Until next week, folks, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. This is This is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. 
You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.